One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. September 7th, 2020. Labor Day. Buddy Holly. Throwing shoes, and what we did to see stunning improvements in our health. This is awesome today. Awesome today is a mostly daily show about stuff that might be awesome. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it and have an awesome today. Would you? Hello. Well, hello. Happy holiday. Happy holiday to you. <laughs> I hope you're not laboring. Not this Labor Day. Um, I don't think I ever have labored on a Labor Day. Well, I didn't specifically mean laboring in birth of a okay. human child. Yeah. Just labor in general, which in fact is work. Well, the day ahead of us, you never know what it might hold. Probably some work around here. I don't know. I think... Uh, I think I may force some really? work. Yeah. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. You're bully. We're, yeah, because I'm a big damn bully. We're, we're back and forthing the the time continuum here. I'm sure at this point, listeners are like, "Is it Labor Day or not? What's happening? You guys suck awesomely." Yes. Okay. Well, it is September seventh, twenty twenty. Happy Labor Day. I hope that most of you are able to not labor too much. That's right. With child or in menial <laughs> tasks. Either one. Unless, in fact, you're pregnant and you need, I mean, I hope you don't have to labor a lot to have the baby. Yes. You know what I'm saying. That's fair. That's good. I like it. I'd also would like to extend a big happy birthday to the late, great Buddy Holly. Yep. He was born in 1936 in Lubbock, Texas. Yes. His life and music inspired the biographical film, The Buddy Holly Story, and Don McLean's 1971 ballad, American Pie. Quite possibly one of the longest songs ever written, and at the same time, you're not really wanting it to end. I dated a, a boy in high school who got super into playing. You almost said a boob. I and did. I was going to be like, I did. Yep, you Why? Did. Uh, a boy in high school who, while we were dating, taught himself to play acoustic guitar, and he started started his guitar learning with American Pie. Mm -hmm. And I'll always remember 
that with that song. Um, you also left off of the list inspired the Weezer song from the 90s, Buddy Holly. He inspired a lot of stuff. Yes. A lot of stuff. Okay. Um, let's see. 1813. Mm -hmm. This is the first time that the name Uncle Sam is used to refer to the United States. Do you know any backstory on that? Like, why mm. Uncle? Why Sam? One of the stories, and I didn't see this, I, I'm digging deep, and I think this is from my memory that loosely clings to things that don't matter, but won't hold on to those that do. Yes. <laughs> I feel like, don't, don't, again, this is one of those, if you throw it out at a dinner party, blame it on your kid if it's wrong. Yes. Um, I feel like, on a shipping dock, there was a crate marked U.S. and belonging to the U.S. government. And yeah. somebody was trying to ask who's whatever, who it belonged to, something. And some some wise apple said it stood for Uncle Sam. But okay. that, that could just be complete lore. Or I might have made it up. I don't know. It's a good story either It's a way. decent story, right? All right. Well, in 1888, Edith... Eleanor McLean was the first baby to be placed in an incubator. Interesting. Is she related to Don McLean? Of the Eagles? Of, that wrote American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> You're confusing. It's too much laboring on Labor Day. It's got my mind all messed I up. I guess so. Um, not, not related to Don McLean, okay. as far as I know. And also, that is a very sweet name for a baby. It is. Edith Eleanor. I wonder what sort of incubator warming situation was happening in 1888. I have concerns. I, there was a picture of it. It it looked a lot like the popcorn maker at a movie theater. <laughs> I don't think that's what it was repurposed for children. The grease burns would have counter been counterproductive to the warmth. Oh my gosh! Um, but that's kind of what it looked like. It, it was a. It looked like a, a legit. Thing. Like a big square box with glass walls? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Stainless right. steel edges, all the stuff, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Thank you, 1888, and thank you, Edith McQueen, for uh, making sure babies throughout the centuries to come would yeah. have a, a warming situation happening. Yeah. I didn't know where I was going get, with that sentence. Get your, get your babies kept, out. Just kept We're making out. popcorn. <laughs> Perfect for Labor Day. Okay. This is you. Well, in 1915, Johnny Gruel, or Johnny Gruel, yeah. depending on <laughs> if you're American or French or whatever, Johnny Gruel patents the Raggedy Ann doll. Did you have one? I absolutely did. I had a Raggedy Ann and a Raggedy Andy. Okay, okay. They sat on my bed in my very early, earliest memories of, you know, sort of preschool, early child, or early elementary years. Yes. My sister had both. Mm -hmm. At one point, and man, I'm, I'm young when this happened, so I won't swear to the authenticity of the story. But I did want Raggedy Andy and tried to steal him and was denied. Later found out that is who my sister practiced kissing on. Ooh, scandalous. Yeah. Yes. Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy both feel creepy to me today. I would like to not have them in my home. Well, we don't, do we? No, we don't have dolls. You know, our girls were not big doll players ever. Uh, the boys 
They don't mind playing with a doll. The boys have picked out Barbies yeah. as their toys on occasion, but never really baby dolls. So, no, we have no Raggedy Ann's or Andy's. They've really. played pretty aggressively. It's always been a pretty rough and tumble Barbie. Oh, yeah. She is definitely fierce. Yeah. She's here to kick your ass. Maybe take not, your name. Not even, don't even worry about if she's wearing her heels or not. Yeah. She's here to, yeah, take your name. Did you say that? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. goodness. 1979, the Entertainment and Sports Programming Network makes its debut. Of course, that is ESPN. Entertainment Sports Programming Network. Yeah. I never knew that that's what ESPN stood for. I, I'm I not sure I did sports, either. I figured sports was in there somewhere. Yeah. I did not know the other words. Entertainment sports programming. Network. Entertainment and I'm sorry, sports. that doesn't get to be part of the acronym. Though. Oh no, it does. <laughs> it could be EASPEN. I know it could. That was 1979. Yeah. That was really was that before cable TV was even a thing, I or don't, maybe I don't the know. dawn of cable TV? I I don't know. Okay. The first time we had cable was in. 81, and we had it for like a solid three days before it's like, nope. Before it is scandalized yeah. a parent of yours. Yeah. Oh, okay. I won't tell you whether she was my mom or dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ESPN is one of those channels that um, people, it's like either you, I feel like it's either lover, hey, but you're, hey, that you're either like all in, and ESPN is sort of on in the background. And you keep up with all the sports stories that way, or you just kind of never watch it. Yeah. I don't like it. I never have, although I liked it more than I do currently at a prior time in life. And not just because I worked in sports. Um, like all other media, it has changed mm. to an agenda machine. Oh, okay. And I just don't care for that. I've got my own agendas. I don't need yours. <laughs> So take that, Entertainment and Sports Programming Network. That's right. Go debut yourself. Okay. Uh, 1996, I don't know how awesome this is, but Tupac Shakur, bleh, yep, that guy. Tupac Shakur is shot multiple times in a drive-by in Las Vegas, does die several days later. Yeah. Only awesome that it was such a huge piece of news, even still occasionally mentioned in pop music. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of pop music... Now, this is awesome. 2018, bringing it right up to the modern era. Rappers Cardi B and Nicki Minaj come to actual physical blows at a New York fashion event. Ladies, calm yes. down. It's just fashion. Fighting, but make it fashion. Yeah. Um, by make, make it sexy. Yeah. <laughs> By physical blows, the uh, report means that Cardi B threw her shoe. That's why it was fashionable. Yes, exactly. Threw her shoe at Nicki Minaj. Uh, it seems like there was a lot of buildup, a lot of factors, a lot of um, yeah. underlying tensions that contributed to the shoe attack. Apparently, Nicki Minaj had liked and then unliked a tweet. So many bad things happen on Twitter. Yep. Look, I'm not even it's on a Twitter. Cesspool. It, a lot of a lot of duels and feuds and all kinds of bad things. Anyway, uh, she liked and then liked to tweet tweet being critical of Cardi's mothering skills. Cardi B is a mother. Yeah. Now Cardi B went on to tell the press, "I love my daughter. I'm a good ass effing mom." Which may be a new piece of merch in the <laughs> store. We're trying to figure out if we can do that without violating some <laughs> rule of our. 
own ethics. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that was in 2018. That's amazing. I wonder if they've since made up and become friends again, or if there's still feud energy happening there. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold guess and say the whole thing is a media machine for them, a PR machine. How dare you! And so, if they've been friends, it's only been because it felt weird, so that they could be enemies again, and all on and on. Listen, you cannot just go around liking and unliking people's tweets. That well, it wasn't her tweet. It was a tweet about her okay, being a bad mom. And Minaj was like, yeah, and then changed her mind and backed off. But it was too late. It had been seen. Yeah. You don't get to change your internet mind. <laughs> I mean, truer words never spoken, right? Yes. Okay. Which is why I'll be canceled soon. Well, Yes. Maybe after today's episode. Maybe, hopefully. You big bully. Hopefully. That way I don't have to worry about any more laboring. <laughs> I've had to labor this show. It's you the do. longest birth I've ever had. I mean, seriously, you do labor this show daily. I do some work on it. I wouldn't call it labor. Well, I would. Okay. Know. Well, it's my baby. It's not yours. Go unlike your own tweet. <laughs> I'll throw my shoes at you. And write a song about it. <laughs> You're on a roll today, for sure. Well, our next topic. Yeah. This is kind of weighty. Yes, that's a good pun, and it's also accurate. I didn't even mean it to be a pun. It's, Are you serious? I'm serious. Okay. I didn't. It's it's a <laughs> it's a tough topic. It is uh, in today's day and age. Yeah. So several weeks back, we hinted or teased that there would be an upcoming episode about a dietary thing that we have done and the impacts that it has had. Right. So we definitely are going to be talking about things with bodies. Yeah. Food, exercise. So if that's a sensitivity for you, just be prepared. We're going to dig into some stuff that we have uncovered for ourselves. Don't, don't feel threatened. Don't feel sensitive. This is not an attack. This is not a splaining. No, it's splaining. This is, Stuff that we're very excited about. Yeah. I feel like details are important. Maybe somewhere along uh, this diatribe, you'll be able to identify some common ground, some common thoughts, concerns, whatever else. And hey, at the end of it, if nothing else, be a little bit differently informed than you were before. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't think that there has probably ever been a culture more obsessed with health than we are today. Yeah. And seemingly without a whole lot of success. It is an entire industry. It's a machine. It's multiple industries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember a time in my life. And granted, this would have, you know, my memories would be 80s and beyond. Sure. Uh, and certainly that's when things picked up significantly. But I can't remember a time when the late, latest diet or exercise thing has not been a major topic of conversation. Right. And and this is what we've grown up in. Um, what, I mean, what, what all diets have you tried in your life and when? Well, the first cuckoo crazy diet I ever tried, and I mean like putting myself on a diet. When I was in high school, my best friend Jamie and I uh, came across, and this was pre-internet, so who knows Teen magazine. Probably a magazine or something. Came across this cabbage soup diet, 
where you made a big pot of cabbage soup and I'm telling you that it was cabbage based and it had some other vegetables in there and broth and that was it. Yeah. Okay. It stank like the stinkiest stank you can even imagine. The consistency had to have been like phlegm. It was miserable. And the the idea was that you just ate the soup for three meals a day and that was it. You guys, that's bananas. And what's even more bananas, my mother, bless her heart. I mean, I don't mean to throw her under the bus, but she helped me do it. She like let me do it and, and was like, okay, if you want to try it. I think... There's a lot of dog snoring going on. They don't care about my diet stories. Um, I think that she probably was like... Dogs, stop it. Not even phasing them. No. Uh, She probably was thinking, let's go ahead and quote unquote try this and see what happens. I think she knew, as mothers do, that this was not going to last long. Right. Anyway, that was the first actual diet I tried. I was a junior in high school when I tried that. So that tells you how far... This was when I was in high school. I know that our girls starting in elementary school were already starting to talk about their bodies and Mm -hmm. do I look like this and do I look like that and those types of things. Now, later, as a young adult, in order to prep for my sister's wedding, when I this was my first year of teaching, I wanted to look good for Emily's wedding. So I got on Weight Watchers. And so I was on Weight Watchers. I started out just to, to get ready for her wedding for like six months. Mm-hmm. And I got so into it that I, I just stayed on it for a couple of years, really. Maybe not as intensely as when I was trying to get ready for Emily's wedding, but still used that as a guidance mm-hmm. for my eating. Um, and really until I got pregnant with AC. Um, do you want me to further expand on what that was like to be on Weight Watchers that long, or do you want to talk about that? Sure. I'm going to continue to listen while I go rattle the dog cage and try to (laughs) stop this madness. Okay. Well, uh, being on Weight Watchers, this was, again, this was like early aughts, 2000, 2001 era. And so I don't know what it's like now, but this was definitely in the point system where you were given us based on your weight. The slidey card. Yes, you were given the number of points you could have. You could you would slide it, slide the slider, and you can figure out the points and you had to stay within your points every day. And so I basically ate, I don't even know what I ate for breakfast, but for lunch every single day, I ate a sandwich that was made with low calorie bread, a couple of pieces of lunch meat. Like the thin slice, the, like it was essence of lunch meat. Essence. It was like lo, the LaCroix of lunch yes. meat. Yes. Uh, smelled like lunch meat, did not taste like anything. <laughs> yeah, just like LaCroix, which I'm drinking right now. Um, mustard on the sandwich, and that was it. And then a thing of yogurt and a piece of fruit. And I ate that for like years, every day for lunch. Mm-hmm. Because I was <clears throat> terrified of going outside of my points. Yeah. And then I would fix, this was when you were coaching, so I was really on my own for dinner most of the time. So I mostly eat some combination of chicken and vegetables and those types of things for my dinner. I was obsessed with food during this mm-hmm. time. I had all of the, this was, you know, still like, you, you could go on the internet to find things like points for different restaurants and those types of things. It's not as extensive as it is now back in those days. But if we were going to go out to eat, I had to plan out everything I could eat before we went out to eat. Um, I thought about my points all the time. I was also hungry all the yes. time. I was also running and doing high-impact aerobics and all kinds of stuff. But I, my, when I think about the Weight Watchers years, I just think about how freaking hungry I was. Yes. It worked. I lost yeah. like 35, 40 pounds 
but I had to think about food constantly. Constantly. I can, I have one memory of standing in the weird little kitchen of our apartment mm -hmm. in San Marcos. The, yeah, the first apartment that we were in there. Okay. And it was late at night. You were in there as well. And you were just almost weepy because you were so hungry and you'd already used all your points I for the day. Yes. And I felt just helpless and bad. Just like you do every time I cry. Just like I pretty much <laughs> live my whole existence. Helpless bad guy. <laughs> Which conflicts with your stoic indifference. So yeah. you have a lot of like, there's some cognitive dissidence for you there going on. But yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, I'm going to peel my onion a little deeper. Okay. And, and probably reveal some things that I've never shared with you. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. I, I don't remember how young I was. Uh, it was probably third or fourth grade. The first time that I encountered what I can only imagine that today's, I have heard women dealing with in terms of seeing a magazine cover. For me, it was a muscle and fitness magazine. I saw what I wanted to look like and knew that I didn't look like that. Okay. And I had asked then at that young age for a set of weights mm. because, hey, we'll yeah. do this, right? Yeah. That's the first time I can remember a, a pretty severe dissatisfaction with mm -hmm. my body. Mm -hmm. And because of athletics, though it probably would not, or I'm sorry, it probably would have occurred anyways, I did lift weights a long time and got very strong and decently decently sized, uh, bigger than my physique is now, yeah. muscularly. Mm -hmm. um, but always, man, always hypercritical of myself. And I can remember in the weight room, uh, we had a, a little station area with that we, you know, we kept our personal stuff there. I had a clipboard, me and a couple other guys, clipboard and a tape measure, like a Paper paper tape measure, is that what they call them? Yeah. Uh, to cloth, measure. Cloth yeah. measure, yeah. You, you'd measure before you lift, you'd get your pump, you'd measure all the measuring all the time, measuring and trying to see muscular growth, trying to see waistline shrink, just obsessing over it. I can remember even, even as a sophomore, mm -hmm. not knowing anything about nutrition at that point. Yeah. Um, not satisfied with progress made deciding, hey, well, it's got to be the old calories in versus calories burnt, so skipping meals. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, doing things because I, I wanted a different physique than I had. Wow. Even I mean, though you were burning that much energy with your body right. with weightlifting. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that it, it got to be less of a, a monitored thing during college because... I had to I had to put on some size uh, yeah. to survive mm -hmm. playing college ball, mm -hmm. uh, and then my career abruptly ended due to an inj injury, and so my activity level went from insane mm -hmm. to nothing, yeah. uh, more or less, because I wasn't lifting, running, doing anything, mm -hmm. uh, but I continued to eat like a 
like a collegiate athlete that burns four to 5,000 calories a day. And so I got pretty big. And then for the next, goodness, the next decade, um, which was coaching at that point, you know, during the season and during recruiting, both you stay so busy. There is, there is no exercise. There's a few coaches that manage to pull it off. Most of them, though, are almost frowned upon by the others because that hour or whatever that they go work out and try to remain fit, that, that's hours they're not working and we're working and this right. is garbage, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very competitive area. Yeah. Um, and so you would, you would live like garbage. And then especially during recruiting, you're living on fast food, throwing the wrappers in the back seat as you drive. It, it was nothing for a coach from that point. So, so yeah, you get done with recruiting, you go into the spring, and then everybody goes into full-on, it's the, the war on fat mode. Yes. We even called it that. Let's begin the war on fat. And we jog and lift and do crazy diets and all kinds of things. Over the course of a year, our, our weight could fluctuate by 40 pounds. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty pretty insane. Right. Um, Along in there, some of the strange diets that I tried. Uh, one of the guys that, that I'd gotten to be good friends with had spent some time as a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. and he'd introduced me to the idea of the protein shake diet, where mm-hmm. you basically had three or four protein shakes a day, and then you got to eat a salad at some point. Yeah. Um, and so your, your gastrointestinal system was a jet-propelled mess. <laughs> uh, and it, it wasn't really all that effective like Weight Watchers hungry hungry all the time Mm -hmm. Uh, a liquid shake is not that filling no it is not did that did some there there was an old bodybuilding stack of caffeine aspirin and pseudoephedrine yeah acetaminophen pseudoephedrine it was a fat burning stack. Oh my god! That's what they called it. Oh, it was basically like the FinFin diet. Yeah, then. like yeah, before like, FinFin was a thing. Yeah, like DIY diet mm-hmm. pills, basically. Okay. Did That's that terrifying. not knowing at the time that you know I could have been causing yeah, you heart could have literally had a heart attack. Died. Yep. This was the this was how desperate that you can get to feel. Speaking of FinFin, I forgot about this until we said that just now, but. I remember in college, for me, when I worked at a pharmacy, I was at a pharmacist, but you can trust me. <laughs> yeah, I, I know all the drugs. Uh, but no, that was like at the peak of the FinFin diet being like something that doctors would prescribe. Yeah. And I remember women coming through and getting their, their little package from the pharmacy with their diet pills in there and stuff. So, yeah, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. So when I got done with coaching altogether... I was big. I had not gone through the spring cut. Right. I'd had a mild, uh, mildly different spring that year. And so I was big. And by big, I mean, I'm 5'9 I'm if I stretch out. <laughs> I'm not a tall guy. Now, I'm, I'm barrel-shaped, and mm-hmm. I do have decent musculature. Um, but I was 230, 240, and I should weigh... Not not based on the stupid BMI charts. Don't trust those. Those are garbage. Those are trash. I I should have a, a if if I were to have a body weight per, or I'm sorry body fat percentage in the ten to fourteen range, which is generally viewed as pretty healthy, I would have need to have weighed probably somewhere between one seventy five and one eighty five. Oh wow! So I was carrying a lot of extra Kyle around. Okay. Um. Yeah. 
And that was when we started, almost when. So I, I decided to do P90X. Yeah. And with P90X as the exercise, um, they have a recommended diet, which is, it's kind of, you know, this this percentage of each of the macros. Right, of, yes. Of carbohydrate, fat, protein, and then you need to live within a certain caloric range as well. So everything was weighed and measured. Everything. Pre-planned, laid out, all of that. And it didn't matter if you were hungry or not. If you'd had your your macros for the day, you're done. I mean, it's essentially like a fancy that version of Weight Watchers, honestly. Yeah. More math, less health. More math. Weight Watchers at least does do the math for you. But yes, this was, you had to do your own math. We had the app on our phone where you could plug in what you're eating and it would tell you what, like the percentages and those types of things. Remember mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. Or you did because I didn't have an no. iPhone yet. What That's that how long called? ago this was. Well, my Fitness Pal. Is yeah. that it? I think yeah. it is. Yeah, you, yeah. Could, you could plug in your stuff and it would break down your percentages for you. Now, this all sounds like I'm an obsessive freak. And I cycled through yeah. periods of obsessive freakdom. Yeah. Because, again, I was I was dissatisfied, and I'm a very, very competitive person. Very. And I I am, as you have alluded to in the past, I can be the eternal optimist mm -hmm. in terms of I can do this. Yes. I can do this, and yeah. so I won't go into all the details of everything that I did in terms of working out. It, it got silly and obsessive. And dangerous. And dangerous, and the food was ridiculous. The, the monitoring, my whole life was consumed by what there was to eat and when I needed to work out next and pre-workout and post-workout nutrition and on and on. If I may interject this. Please. I wonder if there was also a psychological element in the control yes. part of this because your business at the time was a difficult, you had just started a career in financial services. It was the recession. You couldn't control what was happening with clients, but you could control right. your food. You could control how much you were working out. Yes, and, and probably to the psychology of that, from the body, mind, spirit perspective, without the realization that you can't compensate in one area right. for lack in another, yes. um, I was pushing hard in yes. the body area because I, I had more control over that. In your mind and soul was... Yeah, I was in rough shape. Yes. So... We, we did that, and I did, I got, I was sub 8% sub body fat. Mm -hmm. And I looked like I was terminally ill. You did. Looking back at pictures now, it is right. terrifying. It was not a healthy trim. No. Um, it was an exhausted, taxed, yeah. bad deal. To the point where people, like family members, would point it out. And, of course, when you are in that mode, you don't mm -hmm. want to hear somebody, like, telling you that you look ill. But right. it was noticeable to other people. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, backed off of that, of course, you gain back yeah. some. Everything's this teeter-totter of mm -hmm. how you would view it as success-failure, success-failure, right? Right. Both of us then... Got on board with a fad diet from a a guy that I knew who was peddling it. <laughs> we had his trench coat. Yeah, he, yeah. Hey, approach you on the street. Want to see a diet? <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what. Yeah. I mean, it looking was, back, yes. <laughs> I believe it was called Ideal Protein. Yeah. And 
it wasn't a ton different than that diet I described where I drank a ton of protein shakes and then had a salad. Right. Well, this was, you had a breakfast and a lunch and it was a protein shake, but it was fancier than just protein. Right. They had incorporated, yeah, they'd incorporated whey protein into split pea soup and bizarre things. Yes. And then your one real meal of the day was some kind of lean protein, like a skinless, boneless, tasteless, flavorless, poisonous chicken breast. And... And a vegetable. Cabbage came back into our life. Cabbage was in a big way. Let me tell you a story from this era, the ideal protein era. Kyle, as always, was more committed to this than I was. And when we were doing this, Kyle and I were... Our little family, this was just Kyle and I and the girls at the time, went to Branson for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. My parents had a timeshare there. And so we went, my sister went, my brother came over from Louisiana and brought a friend. So we were having a big family. It was at a nice, big Cedar Lodge, nice thing, great food. And Kyle was so dedicated that he brought his shakes. He brought groceries that he cooked, brought cabbage, and did this, all of this crazy fat diet while we were in Branson. Stunk up our hotel room. Oh my gosh. Timeshare room, whatever it was. Yes. Yep. That's. If you're committed, you're committed, right? <laughs> you're committed. Should you're have committed. been committed, probably. <laughs> um, but we did that, again, varying degrees of success. We did nothing for a while. Then I, and all the way through, you know, you you gain some realization each trip through. Yeah. I We were fatigued with the obsessive things, mm-hmm. which is what all these have been. Yeah. You know, you're planning your meals, all this stuff, so... Deeply. Well, I ran across Mark Sisson, Mm -hmm. who had done the caveman diet, Mm -hmm. and that seemed more reasonable. It was just, well, eat these foods, right? but you don't have to sit and weigh and measure everything, right? Well, you know what? Let's let's try that. And not not everything was just a body composition focus. Right, true. But that was a major portion of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did that for a while. Um, We especially liked that because he included wine. Yes. Right? <laughs> we we made a trip through paleo. Mm-hmm. Um, we made a trip, a couple of trips through keto, mm-hmm. even all the way to back to a weighed and measured keto, trying really hard to achieve ketosis and stay there. Um, and then finally drifted back out to a meandering participation and variable definition of a whole foods diet. Right. And that's more or less where we have been for quite a while is at least it's real food. Exactly. Real food. I feel like even, I would say starting back in the caveman days, after we got off ideal protein and we were over shakes and, and stuff, I think that we, that has, if anything's been a constant, it's been, let's really try to eat real food Mm -hmm. and whole foods as much as possible. So we've done actual whole thirties, but then we've been more relaxed and just been, you know, kind of like, let's just make sure that what we're eating is not food product. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. And, and through that, we meandered into for a time, both of us together did some, some true strength training. Yeah. Um, like heavy, heavy, trying to lift heavy things, not light things for a lot of reps. Right. Actually trying to lift heavy things. And we did, they got pretty freaking strong. Yeah surprise my own self a whole bunch about yeah. how strong I have the capacity. To yeah. Eat. We, I think we both enjoyed the 
the psychological impact of that yes, as well. Yes, definitely, definitely. The the realization that you can do tough things. Right, 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 right. Well, that's some of the athletics and physical stuff. In the past, also, I did running for a while, or mm-hmm. and that's being generous. Well, it was jogging. Really, you act like, like it wouldn't. The average American's same definition right. of running. It yeah. was. So I ran some 5Ks. I ran a 10K. I really, it, looking back, I really hurt myself running, preparing for and running that 10K. And I never really did do much running after that. But um, in the past, I've also done, like I said, high impact aerobics. I've done kickboxing. I've done Pilates, which I love to this day. Pilates isn't, though, it's not really geared towards weight loss. It right. is more geared towards like body alignment mm-hmm. and, and those types of things. I love the way my body feels strong. To me, it's very similar to how I felt when I was doing the heavy weightlifting, like just like that strength that after many years of running and feeling nothing but exhausted mm-hmm. uh, by running, I have loved the physical activities that make me feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm really strong. Right. Like I have these big thighs for a reason because they are muscular and I can like feel that. She can carry me when I get tired at the grocery store. (laughs) Well, I've carried a lot of children, including Mm -hmm. twins on both hips. Yeah. You know, like you, there's moments when it's, we've really kind of done a lot more focus on functional strength. I feel like as we've gotten older and I've really enjoyed those types of things. So to kind of encapsulate everything we had we had done and, and processed through, and not just from the old N equals one studies mm-hmm. observational of self, but through a lot of, of reading and study as well. This, just like there is a standard American diet that's put forth by the government, there's also this standard American exercise mm-hmm. recommendation. Yeah. And people loosely follow both, and they singularly and combinatively are quite possibly the worst thing in the world for us. Hmm. Shouldn't be a big surprise. The government came up with it. <laughs> Truth. Yes. When when you do this, what I know now, what I wished I'd known 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, when you first begin a diet and exercise program, Typically, you lose some water weight very early watching a scale. You lose some water weight. Mm-hmm. You you do lose some fat along in there as well. But that's honestly, it's at most, it's a month where that stays in good ratio. And usually it's about two weeks. Yeah. And then what begins to happen, especially when your exercise is endurance, cardiovascular stuff in nature, what you actually begin to do is lose at an equal or faster rate muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And muscle mass is what drives your metabolism. Right. And so you do this repetitively. Mm -hmm. You lose some weight, you go off the diet, you come back up, well, you don't regain the muscle mass. Right. And then you lose some weight and muscle mass and you come back up or further to the weight and you've not regained muscle mass. And over time, you change your body comp to the popular yet unliked phrase of skinny fat right where yeah you're not maybe bulgy or as bulgy or whatever else but your musculature has continued to atrophy and you begin to develop a lot of neuromuscular problems biomechanical problems over time with that as well Mm -hmm. and you've dug yourself into a hole where every time it's harder and harder to lose weight and easier and easier to pack it back on Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what we lived very cyclically not realizing what was going on 
And you know, definitely this is a known phenomenon. People who are in various little pockets of health and wellness talk about this yo-yo dieting. Mm -hmm. They don't always explain that's why this is happening is because you're losing muscle mass every time. There's not a lot of emphasis on the fact that muscle burns fat, that the, the you know, low fat, high intensity combination, high intensity workout combination over time, you're going to, in a, in low protein, uh, you're going to lose muscle mass. And this mm -hmm. is why the dieting yo-yo happens, but it does happen. It also, that whole construct Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Usually lives on this idea of calories in versus calories yes. out, which mm -hmm. would be lovely if it were that simple of an equation. Right. Everything about your body, however, is driven by hormones. Yes. Everything. Uh, and, and we're talking about, you know, insulin and estrogen and testosterone and on and on and on, all these things. And what you eat drives that, what you do physically drives that. And this, this weird system of inclusion of, you know, however many great number of carbs you have in there at the cost of fat and protein often in conjunction with these slow burn cardiovascular exercises. It's like a, a recipe for disaster. Um, the diet, the diet that's recommended, this is ultimately the same diet that they feed to livestock to fatten it up before slaughter. Mm. Does it make a lot of sense that that's what you'd want to eat to either maintain or lose? No. No. And then they obviously don't, you know, give the cattle a lot of cardiovascular exercises prior right. to, right? Because that'd deplete the muscle mass. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I could go on about that. I won't. We reached... We reached a point, I think, and you tell me if, if you disagree with this. We reached a point where we had, we would claim, you know what, we're, we're at peace with our bodies. Mm -hmm. I suspect more than that, we were tired of getting kicked in the teeth. Yeah. At failing. And yeah. like, I can, I can be satisfied with my body if it means I don't have to be disappointed with failure anymore. Oh my gosh. That makes me want to cry, actually. It's kind of it's kind of how I think I felt without really yeah. giving it a front of mind thought. Yeah. Plus, yeah, just the the thought, just the energy. Like we've expended so much energy into trying to change and our money. bodies and money and time. Yeah, exactly. And just feeling like, golly, we have five kids, we're running businesses. I just cannot imagine summoning the energy to do anything different. Yeah. 
Um, for me too, I will say that as much as I had come to peace with my, to be at peace with my body, mm-hmm. moving into your forties, things change. And then I had a pregnancy in my forties. Mm-hmm. That was a huge, huge wake up call for me. Not because like, Oh, you can still have babies in your forties. Although yeah. that was a huge yeah. wake up call, but the bigger wake up call was having gestational diabetes and, for the first time, really navigating what it's like to manage diabetes. Because when you have gestational diabetes, you have diabetes. You just happen to have it because you're pregnant. Right. And looking at the blood work, seeing what my A1C number is, (laughs) um, I have a long and solid family history of diabetes. My dad is the youngest of four children and two of his, all of his siblings and his parents have passed away, but um, two of his three siblings died directly from type two diabetes complications. My dad has type two diabetes and uh, looking ahead to him and to seeing my, you know, my late aunt and uncle, my own father, what that looks like, the toll it takes on your years as you get older. Yeah. And here I am, I have five kids and I just had a kid in my forties. I want to be as healthy and alive and alert and all of these things as I possibly can be for at least for our, you know, our Nico, the the youngest here, Mm -hmm. not to mention the older kids, but I got really spooked by the the looming shadow Mm -hmm. in the near certainty that that was the path I was on dealing with diabetes during my pregnancy with Nico. And so, you know, I didn't, after you have a baby, of course, you're just like in that newborn fog and you're trying to make it through. And, and so I wasn't, I was like, well, I'll deal with it later. And then, you know, quarantine hits. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we're not, we're definitely not eating out where we had delivery, delivery food for a while, but that gets expensive. And so we kind of started to really think like, well, maybe this is the time to address some of this stuff. I, I was worried about diabetes. You had your own other yeah. physical manifestations of yeah. health that you were worried about. I've I've lived with a lot of physical body pain for a lot of years, and I've, I've just chalked that up to, hey, you know, you, you're not a large human, and you participated in a contact sport, and, you know, you're paying the price for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't so much of, uh, of an immediate trigger, but... I've never, I have never had skin problems in my life. And I developed, I developed a patch of what I can only assume it was eczema on my leg that was, what, about as big around as a baseball? Yeah. And it wouldn't go away mm-hmm. for, what, two months? At least. No improvement, months, yeah. maybe even getting a little bigger. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell, man? Yeah. Um, this is this is bizarre. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you reflect on what's current to your age group, right? Yeah. And we've we've got some friends who have recently, within the last year or so, have done elimination diet for health maladies. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe maybe there's something here. Yeah. And so I start researching elimination diets. And that's a pretty broad term. That's like saying vehicle. Yeah. It applies to a lot of things. And and I'm not a fan of that much ambiguity Mm -hmm. about a concept. And there's, there's a million different kinds of elimination diet, different ways to do it. You can look at 
whatever problem you're having and try to identify what you ate right before the flare-up and then take that group of foods and remove them. But hey, if that didn't work, you know, maybe it was, it's time to try a different thing. And then there's all kinds of issues with false positives and false negatives on this as well, mm -hmm. where, oh, I removed something and I had gastrointestinal distress, so it must not have been it. But in fact, that that wasn't a negative, it was just your body adjusting. Right. Or, hey, I added this back in and I didn't have any problem from it, except that it's not uncommon for problem foods to not be, you're not so allergic or reactive that you need an EpiPen mm -hmm. when, it, when you've eaten it. It's that it's cumulative. Okay. And it builds up, the, the damage is slow and it builds up. And so maybe it's a month or two later and all of a sudden you've got a problem that you have no idea because you've introduced you know, 10 new things over that time frame. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't like the guesswork of it. I also didn't like, I did not want to go back to a weighed and measured right. thing again and yeah. being hungry. Right. There's no sense in that to me. Yeah. It, it just felt like there had to be a better way. So as we're meandering through all of this, the first thing I ran across, strangely, I feel it's almost embarrassing to admit this is where it came from. Okay. <laughs> I see, uh, or I hear, I can't remember if I watched it or listened to it, but it was a Joe Rogan interview where he's talking about the carnivore diet, okay. which isn't, you know, it isn't terribly different than caveman or keto or paleo or, uh, you know, all these things that we have meandered in and out of. But it's enough different that I'm thinking, huh. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I'm starting to look into these things. And he has Jordan Peterson on his show. Not that, you know, Jordan's a nutritionist or no, a, a a physical therapist. Right. But Jordan's talking about his daughter, Michaela, who mm -hmm. has, bless her heart, she was born with a lot yes. of issues to deal through. Yes. And I get to listening and all of that, and, and they're talking about, and he has many, his wife has many of these issues as well. They're talking about, you know, well, this this changed, and this changed, and this changed, and as they're going through stuff, I'm both recognizing things that I'm dealing with that I was aware of, and I start recognizing things that I had chalked up to some other cause that could potentially be from cumulative impact of things building up in my system from diet. Mm -hmm. And as we looked at carnivore, it's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, I say that, there's a few different tiers of it. it. At the most stringent portion, it's just beef and water. Right. Period. Mm -hmm. And that sounds boring, but, you know, we're not here to have a relationship mm -hmm. with food. We're here to get our, our body back into. Right. So I, you know, we looked at that. We looked at, at a myriad of the different iterations of it. Mm -hmm. And we kind of thought, you know, what if we just did meat and eggs and water and coffee? Mm -hmm. That's that's a pretty reasonable compromise. And the beauty of it is there is no weighing and measuring. You, If you're hungry, you eat. Yep. And when you're not hungry, you stop eating. Mm -hmm. and, and when you're first starting, maybe you just eat a meal at the normal three times a day that mm -hmm. you'd eat a meal. And yeah. if you need a snack... You know, you have a hard-boiled egg or cook up some scrambled eggs or have a some bacon or a steak or whatever. But it was pretty simple. You didn't have to obsess. It was really easy to shop for. 
And we thought, well, what, you know, but what about, what concerns did you have? Well, it felt a little terrifying to me. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was like, I felt like we'd already done some gateway things, like you said, like mm -hmm. the keto and, and those types of things. Um, but I was, I was scared of like just getting so tired of eating the same things over and over again. I just could not imagine that. Even though genuinely in our home, I don't do the meal planning or yeah. prepping. I just right. sit down to eat. And often we kind of eat the same little cycle of meals. Yeah, that's true. We do. Um, I was also worried, since I am still breastfeeding Nico, um, one of the subreddits I'm sub subscribed to is called Keto Babies. And it's women talking about trying to do keto while they're either pregnant or have a baby. And a lot of women have shared on that board through the years that if they drop below 50 grams of carbs per day, they lose their milk supply. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to be having basically no carbs. Am I going to completely lose my milk mm -hmm. supply? So I was a little nervous about that. Um, even though Nico's over a year, I could wean him. I'm just not ready to. And I didn't know what this was going to do for uh, for breastfeeding. Um, what else? Scurvy. Oh, scurvy. Yes, that is, you know, you think like, hey, you need some fruits and vegetables to get your vitamin C and your other nutrients that come from fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think. What else have we talked about? That Vitamins was... and minerals, electrolytes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, fiber. Oh, fiber. That's a thing. Yeah. Or it's claimed to be. Mm -hmm. So we had we had some concerns. And as we looked into things... There is the idea of the snout to tail. So thinking of an animal, if you were to consume organ meats along the way, well, if, if you're eating snout to tail, there, there's, you're not devoid of anything, okay. is, the, is the claim. And mm -hmm. I'm not hardcore into the science of all this, but that's the claim ultimately is that everything you need is contained in the animal. But we knew we're not going to be getting organ meats. Right. Organ meat's a little problematic unless you're eating a true grass-fed, grass-finished, totally not organic. all the shots, all organic, yes. because you know liver and things do accumulate yes. a lot of that garbage I'm in I'm not them. eating a liver from a cow off a feedlot. Right. So because <laughs> we're not doing that, we yeah. thought, you know, maybe it makes sense to include a multi. Yeah. Um, since we don't have natural spring water. Yeah. Maybe it makes sense to at least watch for and be able to include electrolytes if it looks like some dehydration issues are arising. Mm -hmm. um, so we went in cautious. And we, I, ha I do have, despite many mistakes that I've made, I do have a fairly extensive history in this, both mm -hmm. collegiately and then study throughout life. So I know some things to watch for. I know some things, some symptoms that are indicative of hey, this is, you know, this is something we need to address. Right. So we went in very cautiously. And and we also didn't say like, like we truly looked at this as elimination diet to discover what healing needs to take place yeah. in our body. Yeah. And so we weren't like, this is how we're going to eat the rest of our days. Right, right. It wasn't that. And it wasn't like, you know, how can Kyle fit into those size no. five women's slacks because without the pockets, they're so slimming. <laughs> It wasn't, we were past trying to look like cover models. Right. We were just literally like, we're not healthy. Yeah. And it, we're not old enough to be unhealthy. I think that's what it is. 
Both of us have parents with significant health problems. Mm -hmm. We're in our mid-40s. We have a bunch of kids that we're actively raising. I think both of us just really, I don't think either of us were like, I want to fit into those jeans or I want to be this size or I want to weigh this much. We, in fact, threw our scale away. We just literally like want and need to be operating in a healthy mode for ourselves, for our family, for our businesses. So, yeah. And and so we weren't, we definitely weren't going into this with a weight loss mindset. We were looking at it as our bodies are giving us some signals Mm -hmm. and we want to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the first we've done that we today is day 60. Yes. Of having done this. What were the first things you noticed and when? Okay, first few days, because we did not do like a step-down plan. Right. We did not go like, okay, we've been eating. Because listen, listen, we were totally quarantine eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was... With both hands. Like we had neglected our commitment to whole and real foods. Yeah. We were comforting ourselves. This was a stressful time. I have no shame for us in that. We were just eating whatever felt good and uh, was comforting. But when we decided to start this, we did not go like, let's do keto a little bit and then we'll graduate into carnivore. We were like, boom, cold turkey. If you're going to go skinny dipping, you got to take your clothes off. (laughs) So we just stripped our clothes off and went cold turkey. And so definitely the first few days, for the first time ever, I experienced that that card flu of just like, oh my gosh, I Mm -hmm. felt like I couldn't get up off the couch. I mean, I did. That's the thing. I had to push through, but I was so tired. Um... Lots of cravings, lots and lots of cravings those first few days. Um, tummy upset. Explosive. <laughs> Record-setting, <laughs> explosive expulsion. Yeah. Um, I'd say that lasted for probably five days, five mm-hmm. to seven days of just like really just feeling like, oh, this feels miserable. We had made a commitment to go 30 days. Mm-hmm. And the first week was a solid. It yeah, sucked. It sucked, Yeah. Except that it was right about the time that gastrointestinal issues came under control that it just dawned on me as well about that same day. Like, man, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, for those not watching, I'm moving my arms around in a like caution feeling out fashion. I don't feel puffy and achy and hurty everywhere. My joints that I thought were trashed because of mm-hmm. athletics. I, I actually, I wouldn't say I felt good, but I don't feel terrible. Right, right, yeah. Um, I think that probably about midway through the first month is when I noticed, oh my gosh, I have so much energy. Yes. Even though Nico, bless his little angelic heart, doesn't sleep through the night, so I'm still getting up to nurse him a few times in the night. And again, we've got a lot of kids and a lot of activity. Um, I was, for the first time, like the kids would... I put the kids to bed and I didn't feel like I had to lay down on the couch and go to sleep myself. And some nights it'd be like 1030 or 11 o'clock at night. And I was just like, okay, I'm right. reading a book now. I haven't been able to read books for so long because I just fall asleep. Or we've talked about my propensity to fall asleep while we're watching movies or TV shows. Like I felt like I had a huge boost of energy back that I was right. really surprised to find. And I'm opposite of that spectrum I have gone through the majority of my life waking up in a fugue state Mm -hmm. and taking sometimes an hour to kind of get functional. Um, And I don't know when, I can't pinpoint when this occurred, but at this point I struggle to make myself sleep 
more than five hours. I wake up and I am alert and I am ready to go. I'm sharp. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, one of the first things I do when I get up is, is some of my, uh, some you know, mathematics, some things for my daily job, which requires some mental attention. And it, it isn't that I wasn't doing the math correctly before. It's that it's occurring in about half the time yeah. now because I'm not fighting the grog and fumbling for coffee. It's just, bam, I'm, I'm built for speed. Yeah. Yeah. So we made it to the 30 day mark and we tried, we assessed mm-hmm. and both of us decided, okay, like this isn't uh, also, I, I mentioned that I get up a couple of times to nurse Nico at night. So obviously my milk supply has not dried up. I'm right. just ask Nico. He'll tell you he wants milk. <laughs> right. We've, you know, we've watched again, the, the markers, the things that we know to watch for. And yeah, there's probably been, sorry, just belched like an ape again. There's probably been one or two times where we said, you know what? I think, you know, maybe, maybe a little dehydration to crank up. Uh, mineral water intake, consider if we want to add electrolytes or not. That's been about the only thing that's occurred there. We've had, as you do, um, discussions about poop. Yep, lots of poop talk. Because poop changes. Yes. Um, I think it's it's important to appreciate that poop is uh, crap. It's the stuff that your body has no use for. Right. And when what you're eating is all real and usable food, you don't poop much. And it doesn't mean that you're constipated or you have bad problems inside. It means your body used most of what you ate. Mm -hmm. As gross as all that is, it is our bodies and how they work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we hit the one-month mark, and, and we realized we were shocked at the positive changes. And it's, I mean, it's endless. It sounds like you know, this is the panacea for all things. I, I feel pretty confident. I had at least the beginnings of fatty liver mm. before this started. That is. Oh, we stopped drinking uh, booze. For we stopped drinking part. booze too. That's important for, for eating meat. Yeah, I yeah. think we've had what, two, maybe three times that we had a shot yeah. of something, and we spaced that out so we had time to metabolize it before a meal came yeah. around. That was about as as. Uh, Obsessed by food as we've is obsessed by booze. Yeah. Uh, as we've been with anything, which is nothing. Yeah. The rest of the time we, we eat when we're hungry. Yes. And and as as you when you've done it for a couple of weeks, your body begins to talk and tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And it tells you when you're hungry and you can trust it. Yes. And you can eat and it'll tell you when you're full and you can trust it. And then you can trust it because there's no threat. Right. It's like I know that if I get hungry again, I get to eat. That's so true. And I think that it's worth mentioning too that there's it's not like a program of like you have to eat this at this point and this much and those types of things you and I have different eating patterns I do think since I am breastfeeding my metabolism runs differently so I still eat three meals a day Mm -hmm. breakfast lunch and dinner and I will sometimes grab snacks whether that is hard-boiled eggs or some leftovers you are almost to a one meal a day situation Sometimes and it's lunch. not a focus to try to do it. Exactly. Though some mornings, the other morning, like at nine thirty, out of nowhere, I was starving, and I came downstairs and I had what six pieces of bacon and six eggs. Yeah. Just beat it up, mm-hmm. and was felt good and was full. Ate dinner the next day. I wasn't hungry until dinner, so I didn't eat. Some days it'll be you know, one o'clock or two o'clock, and I'll eat something. That's just when you're hungry. It's not. Yeah. I'm not a slave to a, a schedule. Right. Exactly. So, you know, for me, like the energy is 
golly, it's been so amazing. We have been digging into and making a lot of changes like philosophically, mm-hmm. mentally, spiritually, those types of things. And I, I was telling Kyle before we recorded, I feel like this way of eating has kind of tilled up the soil for me so that I could receive those and take action on those rather than just being like, oh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've never been more productive and more motivated. I feel like I'm married to two Megans now. <laughs> Which is exciting in the bedroom. Exactly. But yeah, and I, you know, I am regretful that I didn't have my A1C tested before we started. I'm super curious what it would be at this point, but I know I don't have the cravings and the sugar, uh, the need for sugar mm-hmm. and those types of things that I had. Low blood then. sugar episodes. Low, exactly. Low blood sugar problems. Um, so I'm hopeful. I'm so hopeful that my body is beginning to heal in that way so that I... And that's why we went at 30 days, we looked and we said, this is amazing, but we're not done healing either. Right. My my weird eczema spot on my leg looked a ton better, but there's there's still some trace there of it. And it's like, let's... Let's go another 30 days. Let's see how healthy we can become. Right. Um, And we're not locked in. I mean, at... 15 days into the next 30, if we'd said, you know what, we don't want to do it, we don't have to. Exactly. Um, and, and to go back to what you said, disappointed that you hadn't had the thing to, I'm kind of glad that you didn't go have a bunch of tests on stuff yeah. run. I think, how much freer are you to be able to trust your body talking to you? That's Who would know if you were a mess? Yeah, that's true. At this point. That's true. That's a good point. So I, I kind of like it. I kind of like the idea of saving the doctor for when we have a problem yeah. rather than going in and trying to find them. Yes. <laughs> we don't have Sorry time. to all the doctors out there who well, I just hurt your income. No, we don't have time or money to go in all the time to Nobody does. do that. So. so, yeah. What, I mean, what negatives are there at this point? Well, I mean, I will say it does get a little monotonous. Now you make delicious food and there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, you do kind of miss a little, Sometimes. A little crunch. Yeah. Something a little crunchy, a little mouthy yeah. here and there. Yeah. Texturally, it's it's not a very adventurous right. diet. Yeah. Oh, another thing we completely, did we, maybe we had already stopped drinking Diet Coke by the time we started mm-hmm. this, but for sure, like we are off of the Diet Coke drinking water so much water a lot of water we go through a lot of water so much water um but yeah we were saying what's what's the negative i mean other than just like kind of missing regular meals and and those types of things what we would consider regular for you know right most of life um and when what we've eaten what what we ended up going with we did some chicken at the beginning yeah and we realized we don't really like chicken Mm -hmm. That much after all. Yeah. So we've, we kind of rotate through. We'll do roast. Uh, I've got this wonderful smoker, so I'll yes. smoke brisket and ribs. Uh, we do various cuts of steak, mm-hmm. ton of eggs, bacon, and what am I forgetting? Hamburger meat. Yeah. Lots of hamburger meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the eggs, you know, however you want to prep them, including boiled eggs, are great to have around as a snack. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's not that adventurous, but at the same time, food's not ruling our life in any way, shape, or form. Well, that's for sure, yeah. And that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm so overwhelmed by how I feel, mm -hmm. how you have told me that I look differently. Yeah. Um, I didn't take measurements because I'm a stubborn jerk. I just wanted really my big concern this time through was how do you feel mm -hmm. and how do you look to yourself and, and all of that. And I've been very pleased with that. Now you measured, are you willing to share yeah. in 60 days what changes you've seen? I'll go through these really quickly because again, it, this wasn't, it's a noticeable change, but wasn't our driving focus mm -hmm. from the start. But it's like this is the tertiary. Yeah, benefits. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've lost three inches off of my chest, a crazy five inches off of my waist, which I, when I did the measurements, I didn't even add it up correctly because I was like, that can't be right. But then when I went back and I was doing the math, I was like, yeah, that is actually five inches. In 60 days. In 60 days. Yeah. I've lost three inches off my hips. This was the shocker, even more than my waist measurement for me. I had measured my upper thigh just to kind of keep an eye on it. It's not even a measurement I ever really think about. And right. I, again, I don't have, I've always had big, thick, muscular thighs. People used to ask me if I played softball. I mean, that's just part of my bodybuilding. It's not something I feel right. right. Like I just don't even really think about it, but off of my upper thigh, I've lost four inches. That's crazy. crazy. That's a crazy. crazy number. And then I had measured my upper arm and off my upper arm, I've lost an inch in 60 days. That is from, again, from a person who has some history and background in this with athletes and all yeah. of that. That's incredible. And, and that you've not been hungry to do all Not this. hungry. And of course, the only daily movement besides, you know, uh, have five kids and including a, a toddler is I do my morning walk every morning, 30 mm -hmm. to 45 minutes with the dogs and the baby carrying that 25 pound weight on the back. Yes. <laughs> but so yeah, I'm not like committing an hour of my day to working out because guess what? I don't have an hour of my day to work out. Right. My walk time is also productive in a sense in that I'm praying, listening to a podcast, listening to an audio book. So anyway, just having the energy to maintain that over time has been mm -hmm. remarkable for me too. So thoughts going forward, any, anything you want to do differently right now, right in this moment? I don't know. I don't have the mental like energy and capacity to really think, okay, what could we change, tweak, do whatever I will say. I'm looking forward to hopefully the return of veggies back into the yeah, land. Yeah. just because I like, again, some variety, some texture, some of those types of things. Mm -hmm. um, but I really love how much energy I have. And it's very, I just see that the having an elevated amount of energy has a spillover effect into so many different areas of life. Everything, everything. Yeah, that I, I'm really hesitant to do too much to go off of that track. Right. But like you have said from the beginning, we just keep monitoring it. If something significant changes, then... right. Right. Well, that was what we did for a time. I mean, look at our whole history. We've right. done things for a time, yeah. for be, a long time. So. Be alert to what's going on without being obsessive. Exactly. Pay attention. Yeah. So I'm actually going to transition the other way and become more strict. Mm -hmm. This has been really fascinating to me. Um, like I said, this, this eczema patch has been very, very slow. It's making progress, but it's been very slow. And... I was, I was thinking, and especially as I was doing just a little bit more reading, prepping for this episode, I was thinking, well, what else, you know, I know we didn't go, the hardcore carnivore, again, it is beef and water mm -hmm. and salt, and that's it. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to do all that or not. Why, why do that? Do, is the only other meat I'm eating is pork. Is there such a thing as a pork allergy? There is. I start reading about this last night, after which I'm reading about this after we had just been over to family uh, where they had cats and I had, we'd eaten, we'd brought over for everybody uh, some ribs that we'd smoked. And I'm reading through pork allergies and very quickly into it, I see this thing called pork cat allergy. Mm -hmm. that there's something about the combinative effect of whatever cats put off and then pork consumption. And I freaked out because when we got back from the relatives, man, I was feeling lethargic yeah. and my face felt puffy and I felt weird. I'm not allergic to cats. That you know of. I've never we've had, had We've had cats. I've never been allergic to cats. Yeah. And we've even been over to their place recently yeah. and, and haven't had issues around their cats. And so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what if I do have uh, at least a mild and you know cumulative impact allergy to pork. So I'm going to cut out for the next 30 days. I'm going to cut out the pork and see what that does with the rest of this all healing back to as healthy of a 45 year old human as I can be. Right. Yeah. And that's the great thing when you're uh, not working with a ton of foods and you still are noticing some of these things, you can look and see, is this diet related? Some things are not diet related, but right. then at least you have like a sort of baseline to work with to see if there yeah. is some adjustment that needs to be made. The the empowerment of this after so many failed yeah. attempts um, ending up in places that were healthier or maybe differently unhealthy than we had previously been. Mm -hmm. I, man, I don't recall feeling this good mm -hmm. yeah, that's fair. in my life. I don't recall feeling this good. Yeah. And the weight's coming off as a secondary, which also helps. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm really dumbfounded. I feel so empowered by this. Um, I had joked, you know, well, I'd like to have abs by my 45th birthday, which was middle of last month. And of course that didn't happen, but Damn, I, I can see an ab or two poking through now instead of just one keg down there. Um, <laughs> I'm so encouraged by this, and I'm so thrilled to just make other people alert to it because I don't imagine anyone is immune from health, body image, frustration, mm -hmm. all of that. I, I would encourage anybody who's interested to go look into this. Yeah. There's a lot of, like any other diet fad, there's a lot of yahoos that have something to say. Yeah. But there are a lot of doctors involved in this who have podcasts and YouTube channels and blogs and information out there that is helpful, many of whom will take calls or answer emails to help walk you through some things, to help you answer whatever nagging questions might make you think, whoa. Yeah. Um, you know, and for us, ultimately, it was like, well, I mean, 30 days, I've stayed almost drunk for 30 days before and that didn't kill me. Surely I can do this for 30 days, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I just I just encourage anybody who's who's struggled or is struggling with any of this or has some health concerns. Yeah. You ought to, you ought to look into this. It may be something that could be of value. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like an awesome lot of days. Yes. Not, not just a day. That's right. That's right. So, any other thoughts on this? I think that's it. I'm okay. sure. I'm sure as soon as we stop recording, I'll be like, "Oh, yeah. I meant to oh, say." Well, we aren't 
we aren't putting the lid on this. Uh, we aren't going to focus on it going yeah. forward, but we may bring it up again. And certainly if there, there does seem to be community interest, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll offer what we believe, what we think we know about things and certainly willing to share, you know, pointing you towards different resources and things. Totally. Yes. Ooh, that was a lot of words. a lot of words. Probably a long episode. That's okay. It's okay. It's good stuff. All right. It's, well. I was going to say it's Labor Day. It's Labor Day. Yeah. What else are you going to do? Listen to this while you don't work. <laughs> Have an awesome today. Would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. I made the questionable decision to see what the internet offered as advice for practicing kissing. One or more of the following statements must be true. One, I never learned how to kiss right. Two, the internet is filled with misinformation. 3. Kissing has changed a lot over the years. 4. Raggedy Andy dolls are hard to find. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.